Hello everyone, I am Jermaine. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome to this week's episode of the Future Tribe podcast. And the first time that we're live streaming to YouTube um, for the Future Tribe show, if you want to watch this live next time, go subscribe to our YouTube channel in the future. I think we will hopefully start streaming live to the Facebook group. What do you think, Kelsey? Yeah, I reckon we should. Uh, so maybe... Yeah, so maybe join 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 us there as well. On this week's show, we've got a bunch of new logos again, I think, and, and they're all quite big names. Um, it's been a few weeks where we've seen a few different logo refreshes happen. Um, doesn't doesn't always uh, get this busy in the logo world. Um, we've also got uh, a report from Facebook to talk about, a report from LinkedIn with some really actionable stuff for uh, any of you who operate on any of those platforms. And I think even social media and advertising in general. So if you if you tend to advertise or have a social presence, which most of you would, um, definitely interesting information there. Um, and we've got the world's first um, hair pattern identifier. Uh, I, I don't know how you would describe it, but we'll get into that as well. I think some really, really interesting topics to talk about today. Um, let's roll the intro. All right. So straight off the bat, let's jump in on the deep end with... Um, trolley rebranding uh well refreshing their brand um it's really not a huge change let me share this with everyone watching um i have to be honest i kind of forgot that trolley existed as a brand so did i do do, do they i mean does anyone eat like trolley is sold in australia isn't it yeah um I mean, they definitely, they have those little mini burgers. I think that's where I'm familiar with them. Um, yes. Probably, they probably do sourworm sort of things. I just feel like it's one of those things, like in Australia, they probably don't compete as well as like Allen's and um, Natural Confectionery. They're probably the two. Sort of the Aussie companies. Yeah, leading in that lobbies. space. But I'm sure they'd actually have a decent um, market share in Australia. Probably. And I mean, globally, they'd, they'd be pretty big, I would think. Tro mm -hmm. Trolley sort of like, um, is it Haribo, the other, uh, uh, mm -hmm. Haribo German as well? Yeah, Haribo's um, very much like just gummy bears. I'm sure they've got other stuff too, but that's their, <laughs> their thing. That's their thing. Um, I mean, th this logo refresh is pretty simple. They've, they've just modernized it, haven't they? Yeah, they've gone the same kind of route that a lot of brands have been going which is just taking the logo they've got and flattening it just taking out a lot of those like extra details that sort of add complexity and just simplifying it um, yeah and and this would scale better i haven't seen the social media applications for this uh new logo but it, this would definitely scale better and work better in small applications because like you said kelsey the the old version is very similar i mean it's basically identical um but they've gotten rid of those sort of complex details mm. that are it, they're pretty don't get me wrong yeah, but but there's like three um, layers to it in that old one because you've got that white outline i think there's also like a black outline there is yeah i think and then also the detailing on the you know to make it like like the reflection yeah it's make it puffy, got that I guess. old school yeah that extrude effect if you if you use like 3d tools um which is a very old school approach i think yeah for sure um, it's kind of interesting how they've pulled across the like purple dot and that's the only part of the purple they've kept. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, they've, um, they've gone with a more subtle purple. Maybe, you know what it is? I think if you're looking, if you're watching the stream, you'll see the packaging comparison. And I think if they use the purple, um, or like the pink, I mean, it, it, it's, um, it wouldn't stand out as much as the white. And I think what, what this has allowed them to do is maintain the, the, the sort of look and feel somewhat while modernizing it and then having a logo that all that pops. Mm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Are you disagreeing? Know. No, I was just trying to look at the, 
um, like the difference in the packaging and I'm trying to decide which one I like more because I almost feel like the new one looks cheaper, which is a bit weird. And I can't figure out why it looks cheaper to me. Yeah, maybe it is a bit flatter. But then again, if you look at the old one, it does look a bit more old school with sort of the the floating bubbles in the background and um it's it's a lot more layered than the new one is mm-hmm. um but i can definitely see why you think the new one looks cheap I, I i've spoken you know presented logos and branding in the past to clients who've had a similar reaction because maybe it's because it seems to be less fussy um and that then i think makes it look easier to do and then therefore like cheaper in that it's just a a simplified or simpler um overall presentation which which might be the reason um it is interesting though i think that the worms on the new packaging still have that 3d effect to them where um the that effect has been removed from everything else where the old branding had that 3d effect on every element um mm. except the worms yeah um, i was just thinking about that and it's a slightly different animation style animation is wrong word cartoon style um, illustration style yeah illustration that's what i'm looking for um yeah i don't know it just doesn't feel as connected but mm. saying that you know maybe maybe in their market segment like this is in german so we I guess this is why it's good when you're doing this sort of exercise. Um, if if you're a company looking to do, do this sort of exercise to hire from a local market um, in that, you know, German companies and agencies would know what they're competing with. It's not like we couldn't do the same thing in that, you know, well, get someone to send German lollies over or, or try and find packaging. Um, but maybe in the German market, this works better. Um, or this has a certain look or or the the local market or the local consumer thinks about this in a different way because um let's not kid ourselves we we don't think like germans and um <laughs> <laughs> um so maybe maybe that that's that's what it is um jumping from this logo refresh to a bit more of a jarring logo refresh um in the shape of zip uh i am very familiar with zip are you familiar with with zip kelsey um familiar enough i can't say that i've ever actually used it myself um but i'm i've seen it around quite a bit have you used any of these sort of competing zip pay after pay sort of services i feel like that's just a trap and i don't really want to get stuck in that i'm very much like i'll (laughs) spend the money i've got and i don't want to be like elongating the pain of paying stuff off <laughs> yeah yeah right straight off the bat before we jump into this I, I should make that comment that this isn't commentary on what we think about the industry that these uh guys compete in and operate in um this is more looking at the the graphic side of things um you know i think kelsey i i agree with you uh in in your sentiment but um <laughs> Zip, though, they they seem to have a pretty big market share. They were established in 2013. These sort of services are getting really big now, um, but they've been around for a long time. Um, It's an Aussie company. Um, They have a pretty big market share over here. Um, What do you think of this new logo? Uh, Do you want to check it up on the screen? I don't think it's showing on the screen at the moment. Oh, good, good spot. What's going on there? Let me switch it over. You have seen it yourself, did you say? Yes. Uh, what's just happened there? Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> I am a huge fan of it and I'm not really sure what caused the change or why they sort of went, let's switch this up, because I actually quite like their old logo. Um, there we go. It should be on screen now. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. there's a lot i just don't understand it's quite a departure as well yeah from 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 like that previous look and feel and it's not like the old i can't really see a a a z there 
Um, in the old one or the new one? In the old one. Ah, that's um, interesting. In that icon. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I saw it in isolation, I, I wouldn't sort of jump to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. They, they had a unique look and feel to them. Um, that, that, that logo is, you know, pretty, pretty unique if you ask me. Um, and then they've moved to something that, again, this is sort of similar to what Shandon did last, last week on last week's episode, um, where they simplified it, um, simplified their logo. But here, I think they've introduced this, um, logo as a, as a window sort of treatment, um, with the, with, well, the eye. I don't. I don't see an eye there either. No, Do you? I really struggle. Like I know it's called zip, but I struggle to actually read it as zip. I'm always like reading it as like a zop or something, or just zip. Because there's just this yeah. block in the middle of it, and I don't. I just don't understand why. This is. If you're watching the stream, you'll see an animation. Um, we'll link to this um, article as well, so you can read about it in in more depth but this animation does make it more compelling that that using it to showcase um the one different different wording so in different languages sorry so you can have you can say zip and then in in the middle can say pay in in whatever language and i guess if they expand to different services that's that's an opportunity there as well to maintain that sort of branding um and then you can also, I guess their partners like Nike can have the ZipPay logo with the Nike logo within it. I haven't seen this sort of application before, um, so I don't know how it'll be applied in the real world because um, I haven't seen that application. Mm. Um, it's definitely unique. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is simple yet unique. Um, what do you think about these color names? Fearlessness, business business light um I, I love that it goes dark medium fearlessness light lighter <laughs> just a lightest peach and tan thrown in there as well <laughs> yeah peach tan business business confidence. light business lighter oh confidence yeah, confidence and control <laughs> and control it's pretty much white but just with that tiny little variation at the end of the hex code yeah yeah the, the there's a very slight variation there mm. I wonder um, why they went with and then they've Maybe to maybe to look different in the market potentially. Yeah. Oh, looks like there's a Zip Money credit card, and oh, here we go. This is the applic- I guess example of that application that I mentioned, um, where they can have Zip Zip Pay and Zip Money as different products. Um, mm, actually, I don't know. It's probably just me, but that application is just irking me. It's. It's not the most legible. Yeah. I just feel like you end up losing your brand a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, like, the brand's still there because it's this Ed, Purple, and P. But I don't know. Surely, if you're not familiar with Zip as the word, and then you've got this other brand that's taking center, center stage, is that not then just putting the branding to the other brand and, your, you know, Zip falls behind a bit there? I've explained that really poorly, but... No, I get what you mean. You're you're letting well, but this is the thing though. So for them, they're potentially not looking to have um, ZipPay stand out as much because if you if you're a ZipPay customer, you look for the logo, and all you're looking for is oh, does Nike offer ZipPay? Um, but if you're new to the brand, you're not really looking for Zip. Pay like you're looking for the convenience of being able to pay it off in four easy payments. So Nike, for example, can can use their logo with Zip, and it doesn't need to be read as Zip because all Nike needs to say is pay it off in four easy payments. Um, because it doesn't matter to you whether it's Zip Pay or Afterpay or who the provider is. That's the only argument I could hear there. Surely it would matter though um, because different um, providers would have different. Um, you know, conditions Terms. and all that sort of stuff. And you're basically all the same. The They're basically all the same. Yeah. Once you have an account, like I think I've got an Afterpay account. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've got an account with one of them, it's convenient, but like, they're, they're all the same. Um, there are so many coming, coming into the market because from what I can tell, it's a very easy market to get into. Um, 
and it's extremely profitable, which is why we won't get into the uh, business <laughs> practices. A whole um, exactly, that is a whole different conversation. What are your thoughts of the font? Um, the the serif they've used um, made popular by Mailchimp. To me, it's just it, Cooper as a font has been around for a long time, Cooper Light, but I think it's an interesting juxtaposition um, with their with their very strong sans serif that they use. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm, I do like Cooper as a font. I, I don't know how it works connecting the branding, though. I feel like it gets a bit lost, like it's almost too different from each other to sort of say, hey, that looks like zip kind of thing. Because the zip logo isn't particularly friendly either, where Cooper's are very, very friendly. And, like, if I quickly jump into MailChimp, for those who are not familiar, um, MailChimp's got the chimp and they've got this playful sort of tone mm-hmm. to their colors and, and what they do and their language even yeah. sort of saying like, we'll help you. Um, so, you know, to, to your point, Kelsey, I think, yeah, it's, there's a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the MailChimp font I mean, in the actual logo is soft and round, even though it's sans serif. And so that connects way better with the serif font that they've used. Because I feel like the zip one is so harsh and it's on that um, italicized, you know, slanted. Reverse italics. And it's just like it's just so different to that supporting font. It just it feels too, too, too disconnected for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're trying to have a bit of fun. With their branding, I think, yeah. um, or, or like with the with the overall marketing. I feel like they could um, have had more fun with their old logo, though. Or even if they just refreshed the old logo a bit. Like, I'm not sure what prompted the change. What what like at what point did they sit down and say we need to make a difference here? What was that thing that caused that conversation to happen? I wonder if they had a huge infusion of funding. Um, and that's sort of pushed them to go into this sort of let's change everything. We can we can really accelerate growth. Um, so it's almost changing everything up so that when they reach people again moving forward, they're scaling at a much higher pace. So they want to shed the previous image that they had and really push this new new image um, because they've been around for eight years. So they've had a long time to really refine um their service um, offering. So they've had that time to, um, I guess, work out how they should position themselves. That's the only That's the only thing I could think of. They've just changed it because they want previous customers to almost not realize this is that same zip so that they can hit them in a different way and reach them in a different way. Mm. Um, let's jump from this refresh to one that's, Really, I mean, it's familiar for, I mean, I've been using Menulog and Uber Eats and all those services a whole lot. Um, so it's really familiar for me, but this is the last logo refresh we're going to be talking about on this, this episode. Um, and that's Grubhub. Um, there's a mention of Seamless. I'm just going to leave it. I've never heard of Seamless. So I don't know what Seamless is, but Grubhub um, has released their new logo. So Grubhub's been around since 04. Um, they're owned by Just Eat, um, which is a huge company, as it turns out, um, who also own Menulog. And Grubhub's new logo is essentially Menulog's logo with the wording changed. Yeah, identical. Is it the kind of circumstance of like Burger King and Hungry Jacks? Well, I mean, Grubhub is owned by Just Eat. So it's not quite the same because you're you're sort of talking about this the product in different markets where I don't think this is really the case. Um I don't think that Grubhub's in Australia. No. Um so is that why is that like the American version of Menulog Fuss? Maybe. Maybe in but but just just eat only bought Grubhub in in June, on the 9th of June, 2020. So, you know, they've, they've existed in isolation. Maybe, maybe they are sort of becoming, um, but then, then again, Seamless is also, um, a company that was, has been purchased, um, 
Oh no, okay. So seamless merged with Grubhub. I guess this is just the the great consolidation um of you know all these different like Manylog essentially um or just eat purchasing Manylog, mm. purchasing Grubhub, purchasing Seamless, so on and so forth, and just consolidating all these companies because um from a business case point of view, I think you know you really need that scale to to make this profitable. I have to say, I'm kind of loving thinking about Grubhub if it's there's, you know, identical business essentially to Menulog in a different market and Hungry Jacks and Burger King, for example. I'm loving that both of those American or, you know, outside of Australia-based companies have taken on the branding of Australian companies because I don't know if you saw, but recently in the US, Burger King got a new logo, which is very similar to Hungry Jacks here in Australia. And it's the same thing here where we had right. the menu log branding, which they've taken over to all these different places now. And I kind of wonder, is, is it Manulog Australian companies Australian? who would have done the branding for this? Are they getting international recognition essentially for it? Like that's pretty exciting, I think, for what I would say, Australia being quite a small market, getting that branding out there. Yeah, I'm just reading into it. So, right, okay, so Manulog is an Australian company. In 2015, Log and Eat now merged. And then in oh, in February 2015, Log and Eat now merged. And then in May of 2015, so like three months later, Just Eat bought Log, mm-hmm. bought the whole company. Okay. Yes, I, won- I wonder, I wonder maybe, could it be that, and this happens with startups where they go into um, go into small market as a test market, and then they see what works before they go into larger markets. Could it be that Australia is sort of the testing testing ground for branding, yeah. as you as you've sort of said? I mean, not necessarily. That's not necessarily what you said. You were saying that the brand gets applied in Australia, and then you know, yeah. well, um, the, the American brand takes it over. I mean, I wonder if if menu log the branding that we saw, which I think came about maybe like last year or start of this year, it was pretty recent. I wonder if that was the first instance of that branding, but obviously looking at all these different ones that you had up there, they're in lots of different markets. So I wonder if those markets had the same branding released at the same time, whether Australia was the first to see that branding. I don't know. And I don't know who did the branding for it either, whether it was an Australian company or not. Yeah, I do wonder... Let me see if I can. Um, no, I can't. It's not really talking about who. Or whether did it. it was internally um, done, because that's another option. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny. I think at the moment, um, because we can't travel, it doesn't matter too much. But as soon as we can travel, I think you know, if you're a Manulog customer over here, you go to the US, you see a familiar logo. I can see the benefits there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anywhere in the world, it looks like. Um, they are present. Actually, here we go. Just a takeaway take expansion. It looks like they're definitely in Europe. They seem to be, you know, they're in Belgium, they're in the Netherlands, they're in Germany. So maybe they're just, um, they're in England. So yeah, they're, they're, they're quite big. So I think this is an interesting, um, in, interesting case study because it's like a family of logos. But, you know, the Just Eat logo, the, the the type has its own look and feel. Log has its own look and feel. Skip the Dishes and now Grubhub have their own look and feel as well, yet they keep the similar icon. Um, this is sort of another way, a different approach, but similar to what Zip is trying to do with Zip Pay, Zip Money, so on and so forth that we just talked about. So um, interesting one nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. I would say they haven't even changed the colors. They've just kept it all the same, gone with the orange. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, it's not an overly crowded market, at least in Australia. So, um, and, and orange stands out enough, but, um, that's, uh, probably enough time spent talking about <laughs> food. I'm, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, it's getting towards <laughs> lunch. It is. <laughs> um, jumping over to, uh, the next topic, which is, Facebook introducing their widely viewed content report. Um, this is their inaugural report that was released uh, on the 18th. So 
about 10 days ago. Um, and there's some interesting takeaways out of this, which I don't necessarily believe. Um, noting that they've done this research in the US um, and each geographical region will have a different, um, diff I guess, different habits and um, Facebook, I would think, would cater how they work and cater the algorithms slightly differently within each region. Um, but looking at it, they their sort of key takeaways um, are suggesting that um, the the content that's seen by the most people isn't necessarily the content that also gets the most engagement, um, which I just, you know, basically saying that likes, shares, and comments doesn't equate to more reach, which I, I just, I, whatever they say, I just don't believe. I don't think I mean, how, that they're being truthful. That's probably just coming from somebody who really doesn't understand the real intricacies of algorithms. But if it's not coming from likes and comments and things, how do they decide which content is shared widely? Exactly. I don't know about you, but I'm recommended the most random things all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and if it isn't um, by likes, shares and comments, I don't know what it would be by. Um, the next one I would, you know, 100% disagree with. They're saying that the majority, 57% of posts that people see are from family and friends. Um I just, I think I would see 5% of content from family and friends. Um, everything else is, like I said, those random videos that I would never watch um, and just random content from groups. Um, yeah. And it's, I just don't agree with I that. I have to say, I think when it comes to scrolling through Facebook, I definitely see the majority is like other pages content. It's not family and friends, but it's family and friends who have commented or liked things, I guess. But I never see content posted directly from family or friends. And I wonder if that's more of a case of my network, I guess, doesn't really go on Facebook anymore and they don't share things to Facebook because I can't think of any of my friends who are like active or posting photos or making statuses and things because they'd go to like Instagram or probably just message us directly about whatever's coming up. It's definitely a different time now, isn't it? We don't really post into um, post onto our news feed, uh, no more days timeline of, or whatever you call it. Exactly. Um, I do know a few people who do it, but every time I see that, I just go, yeah. what are you doing? No, no one really no. cares. Saying that though, if you do want to post into Facebook, shameless plug, <laughs> we'll have the link below. Join the Facebook group where we're always asking questions, trying to help small business owners and Anyone looking, you know, with startups or businesses looking to scale, looking to grow. Um, so if you do have that itch, you know, of posting onto Facebook, into Facebook, um, come join the group. Link will be uh, in the description below. Um, so, yeah, Facebook sort of finishes this off saying that, you know, they'll continue to um, release these reports and, you know, transparency is part of everything that we do and it's their latest um, effort in in sort of being more transparent, um, which I don't really believe. But um, if you want to read more into it, we'll include a link down below so you can actually look at the report. Um, you can see the full report and there's a companion guide with more information as well. So um, we'll leave we'll leave that um, there for now. Um, the next one is TikTok steaming steaming teaming up with shopify to offer in-app purchases um have you done much reading into this uh, not a huge amount i've sort of read through this article um it's i mean yeah it's pretty straightforward shopify's partnering with tiktok um it's i don't know i just thought it was an interesting headline given tiktok and how it sort of came about being just the purely content and it was pure videos and it was sort of vine-esque at the start, still sometimes like that. Um, but now they're really taking an active step into that e-commerce space and getting more into that influencer kind of thing, which traditionally has been an Instagram thing, I suppose. And now influencers are very much like on TikTok and they're making it easier for those influencers to monetize their content, share products and things, and then allow people to purchase through Shopify, through TikTok. So it's interesting. I, I, I think it's an interesting... 
um, partnership because Shopify now can scale. You know, there's mention in the article that Kylie Jenner will be one of the first entrepreneurs to test it out, um, the, the integration, um, because Kylie Cosmetics is built on social media. Now, it doesn't say whether it's Kylie Cosmetics is built on Shopify, um, but like you said, you know, they're, they're starting. I think this is a move to look at monetize, monetizing TikTok as a platform um, to make us make more and more money, of course, because they're a business. They're here to make money. Um, but I think it opens up opportunities for anyone who's on, on TikTok um, to start monetizing their content and monetizing their, their feed. Like if you've got an e-commerce brand, um, I'd, I'd imagine that you'd be able to, with this integration, sort of send people directly onto your site um, to make make a purchase. Um, we've seen Instagram add this functionality, um, having not offered it initially. So it's not it's not very surprising. It's just something for you to be aware of um, if you are on TikTok or if you've thought about hopping on TikTok. Um, definitely a a different uh, demographic there, and and I think from geography for, to geography. Um, the the people on TikTok, the 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 main uh, viewers and users, sort of in um, work, I guess working and and sort of entertaining themselves on TikTok change, um, but opportunities there for anyone um, looking at, I guess, monetizing TikTok further. I've I've heard of people with you know half a million TikTok followers st- struggling to monetize but this is obviously tiktok trying to change that moving forward mm. i mean it makes sense why they'd struggle to monetize because i think tiktok's a weird one in that you can have one video that just goes absolutely viral and that's it versus sort of i guess instagram where you're really building up an audience much more steadily and it's yeah it's more consistent and i guess uh foundational growth if that makes sense mm. yeah yeah versus tiktok which definitely seems to be a bit more fleeting for the for the lack of a better better mm-hmm. word um jumping from one platform to another um snapchat and their scan feature which is like a, a, an augmented reality feature um let me share this this video um now this is from a review from the verge um So I don't know if you heard any of that, but um, basically it was just showing, um, the video was showing Snapchat scan AR features in use. Um, And what it lets you do is sort of scan like a Coke can, for example, and it'll surface the nutritional info for that object. Um, And... I'm thinking longer term, similar to what we were talking about with TikTok, this will open up more e-commerce opportunities. So like if you've got a product, you could get, get you know, people could scan it and then purchase it. Or, you know, if your friend is wearing a cool pair of shoes, they can, they can just, or you can just scan it and then um, get taken to a store. And obviously this, this tool is going to get better and better over time. Um, but, you know, the best, Perhaps the best use I can see of this is in public when you don't necessarily know the person sort of rocking your face, like rocking a cool watch or driving a cool car. Um, This tool can really make Snapchat more relevant because it'll let you like essentially use it as, I mean, Google's got a similar product. Um, I I think it's a really interesting example of Snapchat as a social media company sort of branching out to be much, much more. I don't know. I'm a bit sceptical. I feel like it's not going to help Snapchat too much. Um, I feel like they're just a bit of a dying platform, to be honest. Um, I think Snapchat's actually, um, as a company, 
it would surprise you. I, 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 um, I also think that they're not like, they're not doing that great, but from what I, what I could see, you know, last, um, like their, their income, like their revenues, you know, in the billions of dollars still, they have half, they have $5 billion, sorry, in internal assets. So, um, I know they're now a publicly traded company and so on and so forth. So, um, I, I think I do see what you mean in that I'm not sure how much it'll help, but there are some compelling use cases. Like, um, let me share what I'm looking at. Um, like this one here, um, you can scan like a denim jacket and it'll surface, you know, where you can buy it from mm. and wouldn't be surprised if Snapchat then gets a kickback. Yeah. I mean, if you're walking around, like you sort of said before, and you see somebody rocking a t-shirt that you think is cool, but you don't know them, you can't approach them. Is it not equally as weird to just take a photo of this person and try to find the shirt that way? <laughs> De definitely. Okay. Um, the the real ultimate use case here is for um, something like the I think they're called snap lenses. Mm -hmm. um, that's the ultimate goal. Um, where you're just wearing a pair of glasses that happen to have a I think camera. Google in try that. Google Google tried it. Um, snap snaps trying it. Um, I think augmented reality is where it's at though. Like um, Mercedes Benz has augmented reality in their cars now. So. When you look at the navigation, instead of just giving you directions, it shows you arrows, like so you know which lane to be on. Um, that it overlays the graphics on a real world like image, so you can see literally as you're walking along. I think Google does something similar as well. So um, that this is, I guess, this is more for for a, for a future that we're not really in at the yeah. moment. Yeah, I feel like it's um, just one of those things. Like the technology is really cool. But finding the real-world application that people will readily adopt is just not quite there. Because, I mean, that's probably just from my personal perspective because I can't imagine myself scanning stuff on a phone. Like, I don't think I'm that desperate to find out where a denim jacket's from. It's sort of like if I'm at a shop and I see a denim jacket, cool, I'll buy it. I'm not desperate enough to go searching for it, I guess. But that's probably just a personal preference rather than a representation of most people. Exactly, and and for for um, I think any company they're trying to make they're trying to increase the chances of you purchasing something, um, and you know they're trying to build out this emotion within you that you really need something and you really want something. So um, with that in mind, it's definitely more of a future thing. But you know, I I, I don't see why. I, um, Snapchat still has a lot of users, so they have a lot of information about like what what is being photographed. So you know, it's probably one of the most used um, image sort of or cameras, I guess, image taking devices. Because um, Snapchat would still be up there with any of the other social platforms. Um, and while the others aren't experimenting with this sort of thing, um, this is where Snapchat can start doing these sort of experiments early um, and really like allowing you, if you're like, we were talking about TikTok before, but there are brands that are built on Snapchat. Um, and so there's an opportunity for those brands, you know, if you're not, if you're not on Snapchat, maybe an opportunity for you to get into Snapchat, knowing, especially again with e-commerce, knowing that in the future, um, people would just be able to find your products by scanning. Um, because, you know, if enough people start using that and your products aren't catalogued on Snap or on Snapchat, um, you're, you're sort of missing out. Like you're losing out there at least, at least a little bit. Yeah, falling behind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, hopping onto another social network and platform, um, LinkedIn. They've released um, a, a report. Again, we'll have the links um, to all these things that we're talking about in the description. Um, and again, there, there's some interesting sort of takeaways from their report. The most interesting is that LinkedIn page followers who are exposed to both organic and paid ads um, or organic and paid content are 61% more likely to convert compared to those only exposed to paid content. Now, I can see how that, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess that do, just follows do, do the you? same sort of structure that you should have in all social media in that you can't just rely on pushing ads on people because people 
you know, they can see it's promoted or sponsored or whatever it is, they're not going to trust it. But if you have that organic content and that supports what they're seeing in the paid ads, it's, I think, pretty logical in any platform that that's going to be positive for you. 61% though. And I, and I actually, the only thing here is I wonder if this is, these findings are sort of, um, swayed by the fact that if someone finds you organically, that means they have already got an interest in your brand. You would think like, I'm not going to like the page or like the content or follow the content of something that I'm not interested in. So I wonder if, um, that's one thing that, you know, LinkedIn conveniently failed to mention. It's hard to account for, um, but yeah. Mm. What 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 do you think? Like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a. I don't know. It's interesting to see the percentage outcome. I just feel like it's such a nothing stat, though. I just feel like it's such a logical conclusion. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I think well, they're just trying to get more people, more advertisers to go on there and say, hey, awesome, like let's do the organic, but let's also give LinkedIn money to do the ads. It's, I don't know. Saying that, I guess you do work in the industry, so maybe it makes a lot more sense to you, whereas a small business owner who's sort of sitting there going, I don't, I mean, in LinkedIn's case going, I don't, I don't get the point of LinkedIn. I don't, I don't know why I should be posting on there. Um, don't get me wrong. This is definitely helping LinkedIn uh, as much as it's helping us um, with with content um, and and sort of interesting things. And saying that, you know, it is something that I would use if I if I had to talk to a client who was a bit harder to sway. Um, it's definitely something I would reference at the very least because it is published by LinkedIn, um, and not even to push people onto LinkedIn. It's to it's to bolster up any sort of pitch or argument for any sort of um, strategy that includes paid and organic. So may- may- maybe that's that's just that maybe they're doing us a bit of a service. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the um, jumping onto our very last item f- uh, for this episode um, before we talk about something a little bit fun. So maybe second last item. Um, Pinterest has launched a hair pattern search option um, that boosts inclusion and utility. So getting a bit more utility um, focused on their app because, you know, historically it's just for me at least being somewhere to just save stuff to. Um, and that's where the utility is stopped. Um, I think the diversity angle is interesting. Um, we, uh, we actually saw... Um, I think it was Samsung who released updates to their software that um, adjusted that that to their camera software that um, worked better with people with darker skin. Um, it's definitely something I've noticed in the past. Cameras just struggle to light me and expose my my skin properly, um, and this is sort of another step, I guess, in that sort of inclusivity and diversity um angle um saying that i don't know that there's much more use (laughs) and utility to it than like it's cool yeah i don't know i feel like pinterest is one of those companies who just really knows their audience and they have a very captured niche audience so when it comes to something like hair texture i mean for me i sort of see pinterest as like they've probably got a really large audience it's all just assumptions because i haven't actually looked into this imagine they have quite a large audience that's into sort of fashion or there's like the curly hair um, movement as, I mean, you know, I'm in that. But um, that whole group of people that would really benefit from trying to find products, for example, shampoos and conditioners that would suit really curly hair, let's say. And I think this is like one use case of it, but I'm sure that that kind of technology would be really great for those niche markets that have variations within the niche themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and and potentially I guess picking up on those subtle intricacies that you can't really explain um because you know you being in the curly hair industry us having like a client in the industry I'm probably more across it than the average person um I know that there's different levels of curly hair so you can't just necessarily always just search for curly hair products because you know sometimes it is sort of 
how the hair, how curly the hair looks. Um, this is a promo video. Ghost of 21 seconds. I want to, I want to watch it and see if it, um, if it sheds any more light. Um, let's give it a watch. Interesting. It's it's already more detailed than I thought it would be for an app just being launched. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I think it's really cool. Um and yeah, like I said, I think they just really know their audience because I mean, I probably, I would probably fit right into the audience. I'm not an active user of Pinterest, but I think the times I have been on there, it's to, I'll go searching for a type of hairstyle, for example, or an outfit. That's like the two kind of things I'll search for if I'm just wanting inspiration. So if I'm then able to search for a hairstyle for my kind of curls, or I want to recommend a hairstyle for a friend that has super curly hair or straight hair or something, it makes it much easier to, to break that up. Cause I mean, I think even for me in the past, I found hairstyles and I just go, well, I'm not going to be able to do that though. It doesn't suit my hair type. And it's such a, it's yeah. such a niche use case, but there's also so many people that would benefit from it. Well, and being into like, I use it to, um, store my photography inspiration and ideas. Even there, you know, talking to a model sort of saying, okay, what kind of hair do you have? And then being able to filter down my search results accordingly, because like you've said, you know, outfit, certain outfits don't work, certain hairdos don't work, certain, certain sort of general vibes don't work. If you, if you need sort of someone with curly hair, but the model has straight hair, for example. Um, and I don't, don't see why they wouldn't sort of expand it moving forward into identifying hair color and body type, which, you know, I, I get that it might be a bit controversial, um, going down that, that avenue, but, you know, talking about Snapchat scan tool, um, sort of having layers of information that you can pick up off images, um, especially on a platform where you have, you're saving images. Let's be honest. That's all you're doing with Pinterest. You're just saving images. It could be for all sorts of different outcomes, like inspiration for X, Y, Z, or it could be handy tips or recipes. But at the end of the day, you're just saving images. So a tool like that with such basic and I guess, you know, very, like you, there's, if you wanted to save images, there's heaps of ways to do it. It's not, it's not nothing new. So they need to innovate in some way, shape or form. It, otherwise they become irrelevant. Um, I think they've found a very interesting way of doing it. And if any of these screenshots are accurate, seems like they've got it, got it working already. Nice. I really like it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, um, and then again, like even myself, I have, um, slightly curly hair. Um, and I find like, if I'm looking for suit inspiration to try and work out, okay, what color suit do I want? Um, my hair affects it, my skin color affects it. And I just can't find the right, like, I can't look at inspiration to find the right color because, you know, the, the different color suit looks different on different colored, colored complexion and different styles of hair. Um, so yeah, they could, I think they're onto something. Um, I wasn't sure. I found it more interesting from a tech tech perspective when I first heard about it, but moving forward, I think, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play around with it. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. It's cool. Yeah. And then the last one, this is a bit of a fun one. Um, let me do the screen share. Bit of a fun one. Um, the corporate states of America. So, uh, this is from a graphic designer called Keith Fleck. Um, basically, he describes it as a project um, that was an exercise in finding the most recognizable brands headquartered in each state in the US um, and then, you know, changing the state's name or changing the logo to reflect um, the company um company logo with or the, the company um that is head, the biggest company or reckon most recognizable company headquartered in each state um and i just wanted to bring this up as just a little fun fun thing to sort of scroll through and um finish off this episode um you've heard of u-haul yeah i was just i thought it was u-haul but i was like i'm not confident yeah. in this, though. 
<laughs> um, I mean, Walmart, yep. that's from Arkansas. Um, interesting. Facebook in California. Cause, which is a beer brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize Xerox was from the US, but um, that's a bit more, that bit easy. DuPont. Um, <laughs> I think it's a fun application. Yeah, that's really funky. This one's easy. <laughs> Hawaiian Airlines. Nice. All they did was, all they had to do was get rid of the um, AAN, oh no, AN and um, Airlines and got the logo for Hawaii. McDonald's, Illinois. Sprint phone company. Yeah, I just I just thought this was a fun little fun little exercise um for for even aspiring designers to to do sort of look at how you can mimic and I mean you know some of these companies have simple logos but some of them are not so simple so doing this sort of exercise even as sort of a self motivated thing to see how good you can become at replicating from scratch um the logo of a of a popular entity um a lot of people do it already to um see how they can modernize and how they can refresh and rebrand or help help refresh logos for a company so yeah i just thought this was a fun little thing um i'm contemplating whether we could i might do something over this weekend um for australian states maybe um not necessarily copying this sort of concept one-to-one, but um, yeah, wanted to finish off this episode with that fun little yeah, little note. I'd love to see the Australian one, so I'm going to hold you to that and check up on you on that. <laughs> well, spe- speaking, of, uh, speaking of which, um, next, next episode is probably going to be in about two to three weeks. We're going, we've had two episodes of this new season so far going on a bit of a, bit of a hiatus um but uh yeah just wanted to sort of drop that note so um i think i've got like two to three weeks before kelsey you you'll sort (laughs) of bring me hold me to i didn't make a promise i just i just dropped a note that i might i might do this and look into this well i'll still follow up and see if you've done it (laughs) sounds good well um thanks for listening to this episode everyone um we'll as always, have all the links down in the description. If you want to join the Facebook group, link down there as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, that's about it. I think we're ready to roll the intro. What do you think, Kelsey? Yeah, sounds good. I'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Roll the outro, outro. not the intro. I don't know what I was thinking. Bye, everyone. Catch ya.